And now, a special announcement from the local carnival. Ladies and gentlemen, step right up, step right up. Freaks, clowns, exotic animals, and dancing dolls. We have it all. Don't wait. <laughs> Don't hesitate. You won't want to miss it. This is the Dark Carnival. <laughs> Welcome to Soul Story, a Through the Breach actual play podcast set in the world of Malifaux. Today I'm joined by Spencer playing Stuart, Bam Bam playing James Matthews. I'm Logan. I'm playing uh, Donovan. And I'm Alex. I'll be playing Darling. And I'm your Fate Master today, Moose, and I'll be playing everybody else. We'll leave Donovan there to be calling for his long-lost love of Baritone Lola. <laughs> and cut to, back to, um, James Matthews, five, four and a half band, sans band. Yeah. Um, darling. And Spencer, you have now come across, this is where a culminating group of people are, but two seems to stand out. This dashing blonde in dusty pink, and this dapper whipped chocolate man leading her around <laughs> pointing out sights and saying hello to townspeople he seems to be a local but the blonde is definitely not and she is very uninterested in everything he has to say kind of searching the crowd in her own right so yeah Stuart is going to uh hurry by he's walking quickly but he's trying not to run because you know that would draw unwanted attention and as much as he hates murderous mechanical monkeys he really doesn't like attention so um, he's going to try hurrying past the folks trying to get to the inn um, where gun gun bay is waiting for him <laughs> okay um, perfect so we can go to uh you just are going to leave people behind. That's okay. Gun Bay is clearly waving her handkerchief out the window. Got to go mm -hmm. get Gun Bay. Mm -hmm. um, so you go into the inn where it was rather full of people before. It is completely empty. Most of the folks that you saw eating your eggs and cheese are now like just sitting on porches or just on the dirt road, like waiting for something to happen. Almost mm -hmm. in a kind of, kind of a mob mentality, but they're not doing anything. They're not trying to say they're oppressed they're not trying to fix anything but they're they're really turning into a flock of seagulls they're just waiting they're waiting for that scrap to be dropped um pretty easy for you to walk into the the inn grab gun bay um at this point as you're exiting thinking about monkeys thinking about wings thinking about monkey wing murder you bump into these two like you literally just like physically touch james matthews five four and a half man now, when I touch mm -hmm. him, is this like an anime accidental boob grab? <laughs> yes, it is an accidental anime boob grab. You are, you are so, you were just thinking, you were thinking with your hands and you were having a conversation with your subconscious about monkeys and paper and things like that. And you reach out with your left hand and you just grasp his left, left pectoral with such vigor that suddenly you're brought out of your conversation with yourself. 
a staple of the genre. Uh, <laughs> um, so Stuart is going to reel back from this. Um, and uh, uh, mutter his apologies as he is quite distracted by the prospect of a legion of, you know, food fighting, people strangling, flying apes. <laughs> <laughs> Those damn strangling apes. Um, so, James Matthews Band, how do you react to being groped by this man? Someone just crashed into you. What a meat cute. And remember, this is the first time this has happened in history. <laughs> <laughs> in history. Um, well, knowing James Matthews, he would, uh, he would just get flustered. <laughs> He would be the oh. flustered one and probably apologize, even though he's being groped. <laughs> Suddenly he's Dusty Rose. It's fine. <laughs> oh, no, you wait. Am I? Well, that's why I asked. Am I being groped or is she being groped? Yes, you are being groped. Okay. That's like, what... It is you. Okay. It is your breasticle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Then, yeah. Yeah. No, he's. <laughs> he will, uh, yeah, be flustered and apologize as if he groped him. Just like, oh, uh, uh, sorry. Just wide-eyed, like, oh, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> That's a statement. But he will stand there for a moment. He won't, he won't move. He's just like, uh, uh. Just for this moment, as long as you're mine. <laughs> <laughs> At this moment, James is apologizing to you, Stuart. And you see this small... Well, it's a very dirty, malnourished urchin mm -hmm. looking at something kind of at the alley across. Your, so Main Street is in front of you. James Matthews is pro like professing his utmost, you know, sadness at the fact that he got in your way and he, he like he forced you to grope him. He's not uh -huh. sad. <laughs> Uh, you're you're watching this child talk to talk to something like motion and like talk to something on the ground, um, and then in a moment, this thing flies up into the air, and is one of the monkeys, not the albino one you're used to, but one of the monkeys that you have just been uh, disturbed by. Okay, so um, noticing. Uh, this this new addition to the mechanical DK crew, um, <laughs> he's going to uh, turn right around from the James Matthews band and uh, <laughs> like put his hand on the grip of his revolver, um, which is now in a holster around his waist, like a proper cowboy. Um, he's not going to draw it um, in the middle of the street um, but he is going to shout to the child, get away from there. Um, at this point, James Matthews band, this man is starting to grip his, uh, gun. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, oh, scream at you, and scream at you to get away from there. Duh. I'd also say a darling at this point too is relatively unfazed, but she turns to James like, you might want to check for your wallet. 
<laughs> yeah, this seems like a performance. <laughs> James, uh, James is just utterly confused. And I feel like you just throw his hands up. Just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Now look what you've done. Uh, Stuart is going to try to keep track of the monkey, but he is going to hurry towards the child. And I think he's going to look down to the child and ask, have you seen those before? Because uh, uh, Stuart doesn't know what goes on in this fucking podunk town. <laughs> wow. Uh, he seems kind of, yeah, he seems kind of distraught at the fact that you yelled at him from across the road. Um, yeah, that's fair. He, he kind of perks up and he's like, well, Mr. Mister, it's a friend. I, I, uh, his 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 family is he's in my yard you see uh i i have him he he's in the old doghouse uh stuart is going to uh pause trying to register uh all of that he's going to uh ease his death grip on his revolver and uh instead place his hand on uh his knee as he bends down his knee, not the child's. Um, I have to be careful about pronouns here. Hold on. So, uh, Stuart is going to, uh, kneel in front of the child, um, get his hand away from his fucking gun as he interacts with this young defenseless boy. Um, and I think he's going to kind of sputter. I, the, the monkeys, the monkeys family, and before the child can respond, um, he's going to reach into his pocket and retrieve his own ticket and hold it outward. Did that monkey just give you one of these? Uh, no, mister. I, why would I need some pretty purple paper? I, 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 I don't have time for paper. I, I, my, my mommy says I gotta work so we can eat. I don't get to go play with paper like the other kids. <laughs> so the kids play I, you know, in this town normally. Uh, I can I can take you to see my friend if you'd like. Kid starts backing away just a little bit, like <laughs> yeah. Stuart's gonna lean back as well, uh, kind of uncomfortable with the situation now. Um, he's going to uh, pocket the ticket and uh press on so one of those things is is at your house is it and he's going to pause for a moment try not to startle the child as best he can uh, what um a colored coat does it does it have mr they wear sh pants, not coats. Um, uh, he he's brown. If you're asking what color he is, I think it's brown. He looks like dirt. So, uh, Stuart is going to pause for a brief moment. The the monkey, the the brown monkey in the dog house. Is it? Is it? stuck there does it 
have a, and he's going to kind of make a gesture with his hand, but he doesn't really know what he's trying to like shape out. So he just kind of like waves his hand kind of aimlessly. Like, uh, did, did you bind it? Uh, well, mister, I don't know where the dog ran off to. So I put my, my dog's collar on him and he's, he's chained to the doghouse. He didn't seem to mind, though. He was making friends with the alley cats. So, hold on. I just, I'm sorry, real quick. <laughs> because he... I just want to make sure I understand. Everything is happening. Because he groped me, yelled at some kid across the street, like, grabbing a gun. And now he's walking over to this kid and just interrogating the shit out of him. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. He's a true okay. paragon of the human <laughs> spirit. <laughs> I, was like, I was just like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Um, yeah, no, it's still probably really like, what the fuck? Um, because it'll probably like look over at Darling uh, and then back like, you know, towards Stuart. It's kind of like, oh, what, what's going on? Well, I'll let Darling respond to that. No, it's okay. She's disinterested. No. <laughs> okay, that's... She's, that's like, literally fair. sitting there examining her nails and kind of waiting for the whole scene to pass. So, you see this scene, and you notice adjacent to the kid, kind of fallen, it's on its side in the dust, is this gorgeous crushed velvet fez. Well, I definitely need that, then. You definitely need <laughs> that. I, I definitely need that. Uh, so she's going to go ahead and pull away a bit from that mess and, and go retrieve the fez. Okay. Apart from being slightly covered in road dust, it's a beautiful fez. Perfect for a dainty blonde head. Wonderful. Yes. Dust it off and I put it on my head and then I turn back to the guys. How do I look? Arms in the air, like, ta-da! So, uh, Stuart is going to ignore that mess. Um, <laughs> ignore that mess. And, uh, he's going to hold, um, a finger up to the child briefly. Um, excuse me a moment. And he's going to stand himself up and, uh, return to James Matthews. Pardon, uh, sir. And he's going to kind of, uh, this is definitely awkward, uh, for him. Um, are you a local here? Uh, yeah, I, I, I live here. Um, my dad owns the bank. Stuart is going to nod. Uh, that's, that's interesting. My, my dad's an engineer and <laughs> he's going to kind of huff and look back towards the child. Well, there is no child, Stuart. What was that? <laughs> As you turn around, Darling was busy examining her nails. James was too busy focused on making eye contact with you. There, you turn around to talk to the child and instead see the child being spirited away by one of these winged monkeys. The child is not screaming. It's even smile, maybe smiling at you. You can't tell. Um, it's a tiny child face and it's flying fairly fast. Um, its arms are kind of outstretched towards you as kind of a help gesture, but perhaps he's just pretending to fly. We don't know. Mm -hmm. 
Stuart is going to shout without blowing out his mic. Uh, hey, hey, stop. Um, and he's going to reach out and uh, this time he's going to try to grab James by the shoulder instead, a far more appropriate gesture <laughs> and um, try to tug him along. Uh, Sir, I'm in need of your assistance. <laughs> and he's going to motion up towards the uh, small child being kidnapped in front of them. So, okay, like, <laughs> I'm just trying to think about, like, it just because you're grabbing his shoulder, but, like, how are you grabbing it? Sounds sounds dumb, but. Uh, with his hand. I, God damn it, Spencer. <laughs> like, is it like a, like a firm, like, ha, like, how, like, I just, I have to know, like, if it's kind of like a soft, like, hey, you know, I need your help. If it's like a, oh, I'm grabbing your shoulder now. Okay, so I imagine it's not a raw, I'm grabbing <laughs> your shoulder, you belong to me now. It's, Take I imagine he like, <laughs> he, he give, give me a moment. Okay, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, I imagine it's like a firm tug and then he lets go, like enough to like motion James to follow him. Um but he's not like dragging James along. Okay. Um I mean still looking uh like he'll look at Darling like again and kind of like make uh, you know as if he's like he is going to follow, but he's confused and then also like looking back between those two he'll just like like I don't know either of your names. <laughs> well, you never asked mine. And she's like busy trying to find the perfect angle for her hat. <laughs> God damn that fast. <laughs> and I, I mean, if he's like still moving, I, you know, try to like gesture to like darling. He's like, uh, uh, James, I'm James Matthews. Should we follow this guy? Well, it seems like you're already following him. And like one hand drops a kind of wave. That looks like bad news. I'm not interested. Don't die. Don't die. <laughs> that is totally fair. I love it. Um, so Stuart is. He's, he's going to uh, look back to James, and then uh, without introducing himself, he's going to point back up towards the monkey. Where, like, what, it, what is in that direction? Where, where would he be taking him? Uh, um, the, the, the school. The school's that way. Uh, he's then going to pat the revolver along his hip. Are you armed, sir? Uh, I, I have a knife. Then... Please, sir, stick close to me. I think there's more of them. Um, and with that, uh, Stuart is going to um, try to take off, but then he's going to like suddenly pause and wait for James because he doesn't know where the fucking school would be. Oh, so James will, yeah, James will like like probably end up just like briefly bumping into like back when he's like uh, uh this way. Because as he took off, he would have took off behind him, and then you just kind of suddenly stopped, like, yeah. And yeah. James Matthews is a fool to think this is a good idea. Oh, he doesn't. Uh, and then as he's running, he's also just, oh, he just... I've, I've never used this knife before. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because Bam Bam just realized it's on his character sheet and forgot the whole time he had a knife. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good job. Stuart is going to um, keep hurrying along. Um, he is very distracted. Um, his decision making right now is not fueled by, you know, uh, input or intelligence. It is completely reactionary as he, you know, abandons darling and drags this stranger along and ignores the prospect of law enforcement. Yeah. Um, for the sake of the podcast, we're going to cut the uh, Scooby-Doo chase scene down to a minimum. Yes. Um, Sorry. Stuart and James, you Good. hurriedly get to the school. Um, while you're running, we're going to quickly cut to darling. Um, you have finally found the right angle for the fez. Um, used one of your hairpins to stick it in place so it's not going to blow away in the slight breeze. And mm. have began your search for a new bow because you still got to get into that damn carnival. And your current man has been groped and stolen by another man. So that ain't going to happen. <laughs> you are walking down the street, faintly hearing someone screaming at the top of their lungs, looking for someone. Um... Seeing as someone clearly has lost something, you are more more than a find. So you're going to go find the person looking. <laughs> um, so that's where you're headed. <laughs> um, okay. Stuart and James, you run at the speed of your animation. Just like your legs have turned into spinning wheels mm -hmm. at this point. But trying to catch this monkey and this child, who you now realize is actually asking for help but, uh, you know, is not enjoying his monkey ride. You make it to the school. Um, James, you are the only one who knows this building normally. Hell, you were just here this morning. There are no children, no adults. The large double doors are wide open, and these strange pieces of purple paper are just blowing in and out of the door. Uh, yeah, so James will, like, just come to a stop uh, like at the doors and kind of like look in very confused as always hello there is no response but in the dim light you do see some sort of figure in the center of the main uh, we'll say lecture hall kind of just standing all of the desks and other amenities have been pushed to the sides of the room to form some sort of a circle and this figure stands in the center with a pile of something at its feet you can assume are these strange pieces of purple paper James you know several of the teachers here um, Iris would be who you spoke to this morning um, she could possibly still be in the room she could still be here I mean she is very dedicated to her job it's unlike her to just leave early uh Iris, Iris, is is that you? What's what's going on? What's all these papers? Stuart, as you hear him say, what are all these papers? You recognize that they're the exact same thing you have in your pocket. He's going to like cautiously like step in, like trying to like, you know, see if this is, is in fact Iris. Uh, Stuart, do you wish to react at all before we cut to what James is going to see? Um, No. I think uh, Stuart is in uh, cautionary mode. Um, he's going to keep his weapon holstered, but I think he's going to follow after James and uh, 
you know, stick with his new impromptu partner. <laughs> uh, you both enter into the scene. It is not Iris that stands in front of you, James. It is a strange humanoid wooden doll. A mannequin, if you will. Wearing a grotesque ma- well, grotesquely comical mask. Its smile is huge and pointed. Its nose is very long and beak-like. And it stands dead center in the room um, amidst this pile of these tickets. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have to... Are these taller than me? Uh, yes, they are taller than you. They're about six feet tall. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I don't see how much taller, but a lot, apparently. Yeah. Because uh, I know he was, like, walking towards it and just immediately just stop. Uh, and probably not, like, uh, he may think it is, but probably not loud enough for, like, uh, Stuart to actually hear. Um, but kind of, like, you know, slightly over his shoulder. It's not Iris. <laughs> At the sound, this thing is going to turn on its hinged middle and its fate, it slowly turns to face you. Oh god. <laughs> this, this shit freaks me out. <laughs> so the fact its feet now face where its front should be, its front now faces where its rear should be, and it looks at you without eyes, this strange smiling mask. You realize that its hands are pointed and metallic, much like claws or talons of a bird. And inside its chest are two scimitars, or sabers, speared through it. So it's gonna, like, like take, like, a step back. It mocks your, your motion, stepping in the same direction. So as you step back, it steps forward. Oh, right, his fucking feet are backwards. I mean, it's still technically stepping back, which is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> So probably like in an initial shock and not quite like realizing the fact that it's mimicking, um, you know, we'll kind of like take another few steps like, huh, huh. Um, so it's going to continue to mock you. Stuart, you're watching this strange doll creature mimic what uh, James is doing. Hmm. Hmm. So uh, looking to James and recognizing his fear in the situation and seeing that they're are no children present, Stuart is going to draw his revolver and level his aim on the mannequin as he slowly backs up. He's going to uh, nod his head uh, towards the man beside him. James, what do we do? At every motion that you produce, Spencer, this mannequin does the exact same. It locks eye contact with you, levels its hand as if it was holding a gun, turns its head to talk to its invisible compatriot um, and then goes back to looking at you. Moose, I just want to let you know that you do a wonderful job of freaking me the fuck out with this whole <laughs> carnival and these goddamn mannequins. You're welcome. <laughs> so I think at the, I think that's when kind of like he'll see that it's like a, a mimic type thing happening. So like as far as uh, as far as James anyway, he'll just stop and like just just stand there. So uh, hoping it will also stop moving um, and just kind of <laughs> almost begging to Stuart, please make it stop. 
Stuart is going to lower his free hand from the gun, uh, step forward and put like an arm, like barring it in front of James and kind of like slowly trying to like back the two of them up towards the door um, because this is some creepy Silent Hill shit <laughs> and uh, Stuart does not want to be here anymore. So it mimes your motions again, but where you is step- are stepping backwards at a slow pace, it begins to come at you at a brisk pace. Uh, shoot it! Shoot it! So uh, James gives the prompt as Stuart is already like filing the motion I think Stuart is going to let off a single shot um, towards the mannequin as it approaches. You're not sure what possessed you to blink in this moment, Stuart, but as you do so, you hear the shot ring out and there is nothing in front of you. You do not hear that bullet connect to a wall, a window, a mannequin, a child. You hear nothing. It's as if the creature and your bullet dissipated into nothing. There is just the wind rustling the tickets at your feet, and suddenly a cacophony of metal, as if dozens of those flying monkeys were above the roof of this building. So, uh, Stuart is going to frantically look about the room. I imagine he doesn't think that the mannequin just went back into the ether. I imagine he thinks it's moving now around them at some kind of unseen pace um, upon hearing the metallic sounds above them he will glare up and then again pat James and continue backing up towards the door we need to go find the the and he's going to look to James what does this town have in the way of law enforcement James, you will recall that this town has a regiment of guild guards, some of which are good at their jobs. They like to patrol. They keep the peace. They don't, you know, rape, pillage, and murder the good people of your town. No. Um, oh, there are a much larger number of the guild soldiers who do. They really take advantage of the hospitality presented to them by Mayor Gibson. Um, to take what they want when they want it and protect who they choose. You know the better cops will be on patrol in the residential area around this time, but the majority of them like to spend their days in City Hall, sitting and gossiping about their uh, night at, uh, oh no, what did I call it? Mole's Hole. Uh, Mole's Mole's Hole is the brothel (laughs) in town. So, uh, yeah. Uh, we could go to the city hall. Um, there's, like, guards there who could help. Then Stuart is going to turn around fully towards the door and, uh, motion for James to head out first. Then we need to start kicking up dust. Uh, so James first will be like, what just happened? Grab, uh, Stuart's arm and say, okay, uh, let's go. I'm James, by the way. Stuart is going to uh, pause as this man grabs him and kind of look back towards the door. Yeah, I caught that. He's going to nod his head a bit. Stuart 
Koval. I'm uh, with the Tribune. And with that, he's going to try to drag them towards the door. Highly stiff and uncomfortable. <laughs> you make it to the door, um, gentlemen. James, on the back of your mm-hmm. neck, you feel just not any sort of malicious intent, but a raking of what feels like the tips of knives just along the base, like the nape of your neck as you exit the door of the school. Oh my god, no. <laughs> um, I mean, James will like swat at it and kind of like look back and ah! um, at that swat, your hand catches a piece of paper. You now have a ticket to the Dark Carnival. And? <laughs> and we're off. So you two are kicking dust beat feeding it to city hall um stewart you take a glance above the school there is only one monkey atop it it is your lovely albino friend just that lounging on the eaves <laughs> waving you a lovely monkey you know monkey hello um twirling his fez on his finger uh you make it back to main street and we'll go to um darling and donovan at this point, darling, you have found the man who has been calling out for this baritone. Perhaps he's into the buxom women of Mole's Hole, which you passed about five minutes ago. Um, he is wandering around, you know, spectacles slightly dusty from his you know, long journey. His shoes look a little scuffed and he's not necessarily dirty, but he's seen the kind of whipping winds of this town today. Um, just kind of looking amiss, but crying out for this baritone Lola. Donovan, you are still at odds with your mind as if it was a dream or what's going on, but you have not stopped calling out for the strange clown. Um, The people have stared at you in very strange ways, uh, but none have approached you except for one. This strange, beautiful blonde woman in Dusty Rose approaches you wearing a familiar colored fez. I guess Donovan will stop screaming and watch her. Uh, walking up to him and wait for her to say something. Who's Baritone? And she'll just keep walking and make eye contact with him as if she's known him forever. This is a totally normal way to talk to a stranger. (laughs) Who's a stranger anymore to Darling? Nobody. I mean, everyone knows who she is, so there's no strangers, really. Oh, um, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a a clown. Okay. Has blue hair. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, you're here for the carnival, then? Yeah, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. But, uh, more importantly, this clown. It's got blue hair. Uh-huh. Right. He's a fat guy. Um, oh. He's got, uh... He's got a tattoo on his shoulder. It's his chest. Um, I think it's his mom. It's a heart. I think it's his mom in it. I can't really remember. Um, wears a skirt. It's got fishnet, uh, fishnet leggings. It's got uh, high heels on, I guess. And yeah, yeah, he's got hairy legs. I need to find him. As he's describing Baritone Lola, her mouth kind of opens more and more in this oh, <laughs> uh, oh, kind of expression. But once he finishes, she closes her mouth and smiles. And she's like, well, if he's a clown, then I'm sure he's going to be at the carnival. But I'll join you until then, and she'll just go right up and loop an arm around his arm. Oh, it, it was baritone? Yeah. So, 
where 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 do you think he's gonna be? Until we get to the carnival, of course. Uh, shoot, I don't know. Anywhere, I guess it could be anywhere. I just got, I you know, I gotta find him by tonight. So it's, I'm just checking. I'm just gonna check everywhere. In fact, it might be better if we split up. Honestly, uh, no, 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 no. Because then if we split up, I don't know how to find you again. Oh no! Okay, no, I got, a, I got an idea. I got an idea. I'll find. No, no, don't be silly. Don't be silly. Baritone. Oh, baritone. And she is pushing you guys forward. I love it. It's great. Stuart, uh, you have been shown the city hall where the guild guard like to hang out and eat their donuts and talk about their women. Um, though at this hour, there are no guild guards. There are no people at all in city hall. You have walked in hoping to find them to no avail. Um, at this, you do see a perfectly working telegraph station. All right. Then, um, <clears throat> so long as no one is around to stop him or help him, I suppose is more fair to say, um, Stuart is going to hurry himself to the telegraph station um, because it is vitally important to get this knowledge back to Malifaux as clearly the carnival is on its way and clearly these folks mean trouble. He's going to uh, address his telegraph to the Tribune. I think he knows that Nelly is likely on her way. But if he can get it, if he can get it back to her office, the Tribune can potentially get a story out of it, and they will themselves inform the guild. He's going to set himself in front of the device, and I think he's going to start tip tapping away. Okay, so Stuart, you tip tap like no one has tip tapped before including every punctuation, every character, every little bit of information that you have to get the Tribune their story and to get the guild here to help you. Um, you believe that, you know, there's nothing you missed. You told about the monkeys. You told about the gruesome murder. You told about the strange stranger that you groped and is now your friend forever. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... I think he regrets putting that in there, but the story needs to be accurate. Yeah, you need to tell it as it is. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> you exit City Hall, seeing Mr. James Matthews, five, four and a half, no, five, four and a quarter. Um, a half. <laughs> uh, just sitting there waiting for you, doe-eyed, just, <gasps> did you get help? Type of thing. Um, not realizing that the telegraph wires above City Hall hang limply by the post and the strange monkey tail kind of darting over the eaves of the building. That's okay. <laughs> because Stuart, Stuart feels like he's a hero. And uh, that's the most important part. So uh, I think he's going to calm down, not all the way, but considerably. And uh, nod back to James. The guild should respond soon. In the meantime, we need to go find the guards. We have to report that 
thing in the school, the the missing child, and he's going to uh, pause for a moment, and then, uh, despite them being indoors, he's going to motion in the direction of the residential district. There was a a family, a, a father, a mother, and a, a daughter. I saw they were, and he's going to uh, trace his fingertips against uh, his throat lightly as he talks about it. They were, I, I, I believe, and he's going to uh, kind of sputter for words. The the monkey, the the one that was, and he's going to pause. You you saw the monkey on top of the the school, right? Uh, monkey. Um, he's going to shake his head. This fucking town. <laughs> I I I saw the 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 thing with the with the hands, and then it was gone. Stuart is going to nod and start towards the door. I think they're murdering folk. We need to get the guilds on this now. Wait, someone died? Um, <laughs> uh, Stuart is going to look back to him. Uh, yeah, the family I mentioned, it was... Uh, and he's going to kind of like crack his head to the side. Uh, strangled uh one of them was decapitated uh food everywhere it was a it was a mess james would just proceed to like you know close that gap between them and he's like okay just we should stick close um just in case stuart is going to uh shake his head at first well i think we should split up try to find you know any guild officers about um he's going to nod his head in quick succession we need to get someone down to that crime scene we need to send someone to secure the school and he's going to motion up towards the sky i have no idea where that kid got off to and uh with that Stuart is going to uh empty out onto the street perfect um at that Stuart, you are ready to go. You are empowered to get the guild on board. You just sent word to Nelly and the guild. You are the hero of the story. You're going to stop the evil monkey terrorists. Everything is perfect. Hell yeah. You hear great laughter and commotion <laughs> coming down towards your right. So um, at the entrance of town, people are screaming in this strange, melodic calliope coming over the wind. Darling and Donovan, as you are both calling for Baritone Lola, you both are going to hear this at the same time. Uh, Darling, the wind is going to come up in such a way you're afraid that your fez is going to fly off your beautiful head. So you let go of Donovan in order to catch it with your good hand. At this, Donovan, as you are craning your head to not only hear the calliope, you look towards the residential area where you're the street you're passing and you you swear off in the distance, you just saw a flash of red stilettos and a tool skirt. Yeah, run in that direction. So, darling, you are left alone in the street, but what you are more concerned about are the ebony wood K-9 
carriages rolling into town. The scene that you are presented with are seven in total black wooden carriages drawn by black Clydesdales. Each horse stands about, you know, 12 hands high. Uh, they are monsters, monstrous, beautiful creatures. The front wagon houses a man on holding the reins, waving as he passes in a crushed purple velvet smoking jacket. His beautifully groomed brunette hair slightly blowing in the breeze. On his wagon, it has been printed in that same purple print, uh, Mr. Cooper's macabre and marvelous dark carnival. He rides along, then every carriage after that seems to be open and there are various jugglers and fire breathers and sword eaters. You see a very thin, practically stick woman with a long, luxurious red beard blowing in the wind, waving at people. She is covered in tattoos. Behind her stands someone described to you, darling, as this rippling gorilla of a man. He has been bending steel bars and he has this strange half robotic amalgamation. He's just turning it into a lump of debris and throwing it into the road. He is flexing and showing off. This is your mercury. Other sights and sounds. <laughs> You've already been groped once today. James, come on. It's my turn. It's my turn to be groped. Um, various sights, sounds, smells just assault your senses, all three of you. James, so much so that you forget about Stuart entirely. You forget about everything. And much like every other townsfolk, start following straight behind that last caravan, just practically pulling at the streamers that are behind it, trying to get just ever so closer to these performers, to this life, to this this want, this, have you always wanted to perform for the circus? Is this your dream? Are you achieving your dream? You're about to find out. You're running. He's just going. At this Stuart, you see your friend clamor with the city folk just after these wagons. And atop that last wagon, showing you his beautifully pink monkey butt, is your albino friend. He pulls down mm -hmm. his drawers, he wiggles it at you, turns to the side, blows you one big monkey kiss, and smiles at you as it teeters down the, the main, main thoroughfare. As he spots the monkey with the caravan, he can't do much about it, seeing as it's an entire caravan surrounded by civilians and, you know, he's also a worthless reporter. But he is going to follow the caravan as closely as he can. He's going to get into the midst of the crowd and uh, trying to weave in and out of the excited townsfolk. He's going to try to keep pace with the caravan and try to, you know, his best not to allow that fucking monkey out of his sight. Last but not least, Miss Darling, you see this horde of people, what you assume to be that strange man who was, a, you know, screaming at a child, talking about monkeys, and who took your first suitor away from you in the crowd of people. You definitely see your first suitor just pulling at this, the remnants of this streamer that was on this carriage, waving it like a 
a flag, a triumph, you are left not necessarily alone, but as one of the stragglers of these town folk, kind of, you know, for the last time today, you you don't have, you know, a way to do anything. You didn't find someone to buy your way into the carnival. You've seen it gone past you. You're kind of mulling over, you know, you couldn't necessarily, you tried to woo Mercury by, you know, giving your bustier a quick push. You, you flashed your ankle a few times. He really didn't seem to notice. <laughs> um, but at almost the thought of what am I going to do? A soft, elegant hand is placed on your shoulder. And the silky tones that follow just rustle something deep inside you. Excuse me, madam. It would appear that you are left alone. Something as ravishing as you should never be alone. Oh, 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 you're, you're too sweet, really. As you turn to look at him, he is um, a gorgeous dark man with intricately braided dreadlocks, all adorned with various jewelry and gems and beads. Um, His coat is a very old, it is something seen in fashion about a hundred years ago, but is still very well kept. The fact that it is so clean and so pristine is unheard of, seeing as how old it is. Um, He seems to be about 30, possibly mid-30s, you're not sure. He looks just dashing. He clearly is oozing opulence by the rings he boasts on his hand, the heavy, what appears to be a coin purse at his side, just laden with money. In His hand is on your shoulder. The other gestures, and with a flick of the wrist, two pieces of purple paper appear in his hand. If you would be so kind, I have need for a dashing woman on my arm as I enter this carnival. I'm here to make a scene and find someone. Would you accompany me? What are the odds? I'm looking for someone, too. And I suppose I'm looking for a dashing gentleman to be on my arm. Seems like a win-win. Seems like I'm a... darling. Mm. Darling mystery. Rashad. Pleasure, darling. It seems that our arms were meant for each other. Shall we? And he extends his arm to you. And she all too gladly takes it and holds her head a little high and readjusts the fence before getting ready to move. Okay. He walks you at a brisk pace, but nothing you can't manage, um, towards the carnival. And now Donovan, searching through the alleyways and yards and every crevice you can in this residential district for this tool skirt and this Lola that you are so like desperately in need of finding, you're coming up short. You don't know if it was just a trick of the light. You don't know if you were dreaming. You're not sure why you saw this strange clown up in the residential district, but you cannot find him. You end up going to a more wealthy home, not quite the Gibson Manor, but something, you know, Matthews is branded on the mailbox. Uh, You go through the yard and there is a modest but well-kept hedge maze, which you can hear the faint just (laughs) in the center of. Uh... That motherfucker's gonna get caught. I'm screaming his name running in there. Okay. Get out of my yard. Get out of my yard. Get off my lawn. <laughs> um, so you're running. You're making every corner. You've actually dipped through one part of the hedge maze. You don't care. It'll grow back. Maybe. Eh. You're just running. 
And as soon as you get, you hear that giggling, you hear it so loud, you can practically smell his cotton candy hair. You burst through that center wall and you're in a midway, surrounded by carnival games, sounds, sights, everything of the circus, everything that you are expecting out of this dark carnival and no sign of your baritone Lola. Uh, with a heavy sigh, <laughs> Donovan will be like, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Come on. <laughs> Our ragtag bunch of adventurers, now not enjoying a carnival, not as cool as Donovan, you, well, those of you who are sane, mainly being Stuart, because you will be first, it was but an instant. You were following the carnival. You were pushing your way towards the front of this pack. There were maybe 10 people in front of you. You could just see the dimples on that wretched creature's buttocks. You were gonna get them. You were there. <laughs> and in the blink of an eye, you are suddenly standing in front of a fully set up, functional, lively circus. No carriages, no hammers, no nails, no nothing. Tents, exhibits. Everything set up in front of you as if it had been hours. You are greeted. You are one of the last standing out in this sort of entrance way. Strange wooden mannequins are taking pieces of purple paper from the townsfolk. They are dressed in the candy stripe outfits with their own little fezes. James, you have stopped. Um, the sweet smells, the dream of performing, the dream of being next to Mercury? I don't know. Something. Being in league with Lola? We'll find out. You've stopped in front of this carnival. Ticket, you know, glistening with sweat from your clenched palm. You are ready to get in there, but you've stopped. Noticing that you're missing something. Where is Stuart? Where is your buddy? Where's, where's your detective friend? You turn around to see Stuart kind of giving that strange quizzical look see him. You turn back to the carnival gates. You see those strange mannequins. This isn't great. You have to talk to them or give them your ticket or at least like look at them a little bit longer. Not fun. Not great. Turning back to Stuart to almost ask for help. You see a familiar face. Familiar as you've looked at its portrait many a time growing up. This face has supposedly been dead for over a hundred years. This face is the face of your great-grandfather's brother. This man is Rashad, walking arm-in-arm arm with Darling towards the carnival. Darling, pushing past the questioning Stuart, lost in his mind workings, possibly thinking about monkeys, possibly screaming at more children. We're not sure. He's thinking. He's ready. You're walking, realizing exactly what you are. You are a princess in this moment. Towards the gates, arm in arm with this dashing gentleman. Though, for a moment, your arm seems to lose a little bit of you know weight. Gravity seems to affect you in a different way as you realize that Rashad is walking not with you, but in front of you now. And farther away, and farther away, practically dropping his ticket as he continues to walk into the carnival. James, this man that you recognize to be Rashad, places a firm hand on your shoulder, gives you a wink, and continues past. 
Hey everyone, it's Alex, one more time. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review us. Do you want to stay in touch? We'd love to hear from you. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SoulStoryPod. The cast is on Twitter as well. You can find Moose at Moosifo, Spencer at SpareBearTheMeek, BamBam at HotBam with three M's, Logan at KOTL of the Light, and you can find me, your Fate Master, at Roll for Alex.